You're listening to Dramas Over Flowers with Saya, Anisa, and Parama. Hi everyone, this is Saya. Hi, it's Anisa. This is Parama, and this episode is brought to you by our amazing patrons. Thank you guys. Yay! Yay! Thank you. <laughs> this episode we will convened because as a rare occurrence that happens once every blue moon we've all watched a drama and finished it and loved it that's and that true. drama is shooting stars i don't know if there's actually that much to say about it but there's definitely a lot to sort of make high-pitched noises about but we're yeah, gonna absolutely do our best as in we're gonna do the thing we do best which is talk about nothing for 40 minutes yes <laughs> I have to admit that it's been a week since I've finished, therefore I've forgotten everything. So you guys begin and I'll hop okay, on okay, okay, when okay. I remember things. So as you guys probably don't know, I made this entire video <laughs> about why everybody should watch Shooting Stars. There were like 3.5 reasons and I, I don't actually remember all of the reasons anymore. Wait, actually, I do remember one of the major reasons, which is that I really love the ensemble cast and the fact that they were focusing so much on the people behind the celebrities. And mm. I do believe that the show stayed true to that till almost the end, though there was a big, big chunk right in the middle where it became very focused on one particular star and his romance. But we'll get into all of that. My point in bringing up my video about this whole thing is I actually avoided talking about one of the two issues that kept a lot of people from starting this drama. One of the issues was their broad use of the term Africa and the general white saviorness <laughs> of yeah. our main protagonist, which is pretty rampant in K-dramas. I do think they are getting a lot better, but I think they will improve faster the more we call them out on stuff like that. I completely accept a lot of people's valid stance that if it's in the drama, I will not watch the rest of the drama. That's a really, mm. really valid stance. There was a second problem with this drama and I want to discuss that at some point because now all three of us have watched it and I'm sure all three of us have thoughts on that yeah can we like mention the premise before we get into the discussion of the drama just in case somebody doesn't know what the drama is about yes it's about the co a company an entertainment company that manages actors and the actors that work with them and so you see the behind the scenes of their lives and their work and it's a romantic comedy there's like multiple romances going on the main romance is between the lead couple who are played by Lee Sung-kyung and Kim Young-dae they've been friends for a long time but she is the head of PR and he is a top 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 star that people are extremely obsessed with and it's sort of like the story of them falling in love and having a relationship but then there's like a lot of as Norma said it's just like a really great ensemble piece but so what did y'all think of the show let's let's Give our general thoughts first, and then we can get into like issues and smaller details. You gave me. Saya, Saya was telling me right before we started recording that it's been a week since she's finished watching, but she barely has any memory of the plot anymore. To which I responded that that's exactly why this kind of drama is is so good because while you're watching it, you get all the feels mm. and then it floats away, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. This yeah. is just it's one like a of really good dramas. dessert, right? Right, fluffy. It's like the experience of having it is really, really sweet and refreshing, and then you can put it away and move on with your life. I think that might like overwhelming sort of thought as I was getting deeper and deeper into the drama and as it was closing out is this is so sweet like everything about it is just so nice it mm -hmm. didn't hurt in the way that like some romances really like to hurt you and apart from the random shoehorned in external conflicts which were not necessary like it just did everything right apart from yeah apart from that at the end and the weird stuff at the beginning but as yes. a sort of a character drama with with you know these this ensemble in the middle all of them were just really lovable they were very real and relatable and they were people you could see yourself being friends with and that's the thing with a with a show like this is that it makes you feel a part of its world even though you have nothing yeah. to do with that entire industry or lifestyle or anything 
you felt like these were people you could understand their motivations. You could, you know, you were rooting for them when things happened. You, and also it was so funny. It's just so, so funny. Like I haven't laughed that much in a drama for so long. I'd be like awake at 4am binging it because I, I started it when it was only four episodes in and then I ran out of episodes within four hours, obviously. This is the thing I hate about watching dramas live. So like I'm watching Dr. Lawyer right now and I'm having the same problem. You wait a whole week for the episodes and then two hours later, it's over. So <laughs> to deal with the... Hey, at least we get two hours. Most shows only air one hour a week. That's so true. We're spoiled. Yeah. But you know, you're right about it being bingeable. For me, I think like it's three things that I loved about the show. One is that you got to see the behind the scenes life of actors and their agencies and their managers in a way that like, you know, like you've seen some of it in other shows, but this was like really lovingly done. And maybe it was a little idealized. You don't really have any, you know. Yeah. Darkness in it. No, all the darkness comes from like outside the agency Mm. from like, you know, stalkery fans and that kind of stuff. But you don't really get you know, any kind of look at, you know, like the abuse that can happen Mm. from agencies towards their talent or like it was very lighthearted. But at the same time, like it was really interesting. Like you got to see all this stuff about like, you know, how, you know, people, you know, get their 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 drama scripts and how they decide. And then like the CFs part, like the, you know, (laughs) I'm just thinking about the drama, the drama, the the panty underwear, the (laughs) I can't talk. Oh, my God. What is wrong with me today? Exactly. You're and, so the, panty. <laughs> yeah. and the celebration um, that that required people to yeah. say panty a, a lot yeah. of times panty. in a conference room. <laughs> exactly. Oh, and by now people have heard our Stephen Lee episode, right? So even more like anyway. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and and then the whole thing of like what happens when, you know, dispatch does their dirty thing and, mm. and like outs somebody's relationship or if they you know, like what what happens, you know, like when a news story comes out that's damaging to the actors, like all the behind the scenes, like I've never oh, seen like, that in a drama before. Remember, that was so interesting. There was that one of the members of the PR team who whenever something happened, she would like provide a running commentary to everything that happened by turning it into a headline. It yeah. was just so funny. funny. That. that was yeah. cute. Yeah, like like it's their occupation commentary was always like, breaking news. <laughs> Some, somebody did this one thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was like their little in-group thing. Yeah, so I loved that aspect Mm -hmm. the second thing I really loved was a lot of rom-coms lean really heavily on the rom and we only get like three or four episodes of calm like Mm -hmm. in the beginning and then it just becomes a romance melodrama yeah but with the exception of like I think it was like episode 12 and 13 where we got like villains quote unquote (laughs) because anyway yeah (laughs) but I, I don't think that was the best part of the drama that was like my least favorite thing but with the exception of that, it was funny the whole way through. And the humor was really well done, like very detailed, very like that. Maybe the tone wasn't subtle, but the comic sensibility and timing was mm. actually quite sophisticated and it worked really well for me. And the third thing that I really loved was the what you mentioned about it, just the ensemble cast and how like every character had a story. Every character had something of an arc, like you got to know all of them. It was really it was really lovely. And 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 at the end, you had that feeling that you get from the best ensemble dramas of like you're saying goodbye to mm. like a group of people that you really love and you feel like you're friends with and you don't want to you don't want to leave. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. And also that they are going to go on to live good, happy lives, even though they don't exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think the true saving grace for shooting stuff for me because there was a, a point somewhere around episode eight or nine where I started getting really tired of the drama, the drama's romance angle because it was taking time away from the rest of the cast, and I really liked like watching them be a, a company, work together to manage, you know, their, their stars' lives and scandals and just daily production stuff. That is the part that had really gripped me. I love the leads, but it it was like in terms of storytelling, it was the 
cast as a whole that had gripped me. And I was seeing a lot less of them and a lot more of Gong Tae Sang, the star, and uh, Ohan Byul, the PR team lead, have their <laughs> romance. And it was super cute, but I was getting very tired of it. Part of the reason was also because I was a little afraid that it was getting into a predictable zone where Ohan Byul had spent years being frenemies with the big star Tae Sang and criticizing him and like seeing through his moves and <laughs> basically just giving him reality checks as soon as they enter a relationship she would lose her personality they would just be you know sweet all the time they'd be like no i was anticipating basically the downfall that usually happens in the, mm-hmm. the like the 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 chemistry that makes you really happy about a pair just suddenly disappears that didn't happen in this drama yeah. because she no, kept didn't. calling his bs she took decisions independent of whatever he thought was the right thing if it was within her job description she took that decision independent of what he wanted independent of their relationship but the best part of it is and my biggest fear was that this was going to become one of those things where she really does become a satellite around the star and she knows so much about him there's no way he can balance that out and the fact that they spent basically the last three episodes doing exactly that him realizing how much she knows about him and how little like despite him liking her for years how little he actually knows like in terms of substantial data and how much effort yeah. he puts in yeah and how much she does for him every day which like before he kind of just took as his due and that was kind of one of my in the beginning i was like okay so these two are going to fall in love it's literally her job to take care of every little thing about his life like is this going to lead us to a really uncomfortable and icky dynamic once they start dating and it actually didn't you're right i was mm. also I think by the time we got to like episode eight or nine, I actually wasn't afraid of that anymore because I felt confident in the in the writing that they had given their relationship enough nuance by that point that I was like 90% sure that they wouldn't do that. But you're right. I was surprised that they spent like three episodes really digging into, you know, what it would mean for her to be with him, someone who's so famous and who has to who has such a an explosive you know, fan response to every little thing he does. Like, what would that actually mean for them in a practical relationship? And and then there's like this added layer, right? Of like, by the end of the drama, I don't think this is a spoiler, really, but there, there's so many couples. You yeah, know? there's so many couples. <laughs> everyone like, says, "Oh, ridiculous!" But then you hear. But then I've heard interviews with people who are like, "Yeah, everyone's dating." Like, just because you don't know about it, like they're all dating. Like all the K-pop stars, they're all dating. Like, so. I mean, I think that was kind of it was interesting to like see these people showing you kind of what it's like without and it's not like about a real person. So it's not a scandal, but like you kind of get a glimpse at like the kind of things that people have to do to hide their private lives. I kind of felt sorry for them (laughs) in a way. But then there was also like this meta layer of deliciousness of like, okay, so, you know, Lee Sung-kyung has been in a very public relationship and a breakup so like some of this is probably coming from a very genuine place too right of I I don't know how I feel about that exactly but it was interesting but but okay I and I have to say this do you, you guys spotted like the very public relationship he's been in before that was totally fake and it was <laughs> yeah. with the actress what's her Moon Ga-young yeah Moon Ga-young and Moon Ga-young Okay, did you did you notice that scene where she goes in the parking lot? She goes and meets up with this other guy. That's Find me our, in your memory, right? Exactly. Yeah. So that's yes. our main lead from Find Me in Your Memory, which I started watching right after finishing shooting stuff because it was by the same team. And you know the the direction is actually quite familiar, so it, it's it's a fun watch for me for now. But quickly going back to what you were saying about their like the all of the people dating. One of my favorite things, and I didn't expect it initially, was that you know the two the two side characters in the drama within the drama who hated each other and then they kissed once and fell madly oh, in love the, with each other. The second leads in the yeah like, drama that oh, wait, he was uh, shooting. There are there are two things that I loved about them. The first thing is you know how the episode eight kiss is a staple of K dramas. Our Actual dramas main leads didn't have a kiss in in that episode, but these two did in the drama within the drama. And <laughs> in episode twelve, where you're supposed to have the confession, our main leads didn't have it. 
these two did like not the confession i'm sorry the breakup and reunion these two did like they were doing meta references in the drama within the drama and i loved it in so their much. own dating yeah. yeah and you know like i this is not my own observation someone in the vicky comments pointed out but like at one at like in a lot of scenes kim young day is actually playing an actor he like he's actually an actor playing an actor playing an actor because he is an actor in the drama within a drama too so he's yeah. like it's just like so many levels of meta. Yeah, oh, I didn't so even great. realize you're right. Yeah. Right. I didn't think about it either, but I was like, oh, that's a good point. Mm. <laughs> Can we talk about Kim Young Dae for a second? Because going into this drama, like my only other experience of him is as Onamju in Extraordinary, Extraordinary you, you, right? Where mm. he was very much a cardboard character, but you could also argue that that was that, that was, was his character, character yeah. to be a 2D right. sort of, you know, paper cutter. Like he literally looked confused when somebody did something <laughs> nuanced. <laughs> Right. But that was the brief. I mean, he fulfilled exactly, the brief. Exactly. Yeah. So that kind of did leave you thinking, well, this is as much as he's capable of. So as we came into the drama, I wasn't sold on his screen presence. I didn't think he was particularly charismatic. I wasn't sure that his acting was really comparable to even other people in the cast like for example Yoo Sung Young who is played by hold on I love you uh, who is <laughs> Yoon Jung who is played Yoon by Yoon Jung Hoon yeah exactly yes. and that he's a whole other discussion but he really charmed me Kim Young Dae he's like convinced me I don't think he's reached his full charisma potential He's still got work to do there, but he's definitely endearing and he's funny and he's he allows himself to be messy. Like he's not Mm -hmm. vain in his acting Mm. or the vanity that he shows in his character is just self-conscious. Yes, exactly. Looking, looking silly or looking awkward. Like he just really embraces it and like hams it to the sort of maximum degree. And it's so great. Like, this is why it was so funny in the beginning, because before you're invested emotionally in the characters, you're kind of, for me, I was more invested in, okay, what's going to happen next? And also, this is so funny, I'm dying. And then, like, my emotional investment in the characters came more slowly. But, like, my interest as a viewer, that was stoked from just being very entertained. So this is the thing with like Kim Young-dae's character in particular, what you were just talking about. He's so, like, he becomes so emotionally self-aware. And we see actually glimpses of that in his private interactions that are sort of shown to us in flashback and some of the things that he's done for Han Byul, like, to sort of help her out. And, like, he's like, don't tell, you know, nobody tell her this happened. Yeah. But he's he, like, secretly goes around doing nice things. And it's very kind of, you know, the pigtail pulling romance where he's like, oh, he's being annoying and obnoxious because he likes her. And like your patience with that can be very limited or mine is really, really limited. But I feel like just as it was on the verge of sort of wearing you out with that, okay, can you stop now? Like, stop doing this now. He has that moment of, like, like realizing, do you know what? I like her. Like, that whole realization of him liking her is hilarious. And then his whole confession process, or attempted confession process, <laughs> is just, like, it killed me. Hilarious. So, so funny. funny. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually didn't like him very much until that point, just because of how... I just don't have any patience for that. Like, yes. I only bother you because I like you. Like, no, mm. get out of here with that. Like, I, I don't, but I don't buy that. The reason that, in that wasn't grown man. the worst is because she kind of never got cut down by it. So it was, uh, yeah, it wasn't as bad as it could have yeah. been. But I, I also, I agree with you that he's really kind of come into his own in this role. But mm. I also think that he was, he was doing a much better job acting wise and just in, like in every way at the end of the drama versus yes, the beginning. Absolutely. I didn't really, I did find him kind of stiff and a little green in the beginning. And I was regretting that they chose him whenever it was watching the first three or four episodes. Yeah, because I, I was like, you know, he's supposed to be this top A-list star who like causes people to like faint when he And you're like, by. all I see is Onam Jun. And, <laughs> and you're really like, you're like, really? Like Kim Young-dae? Like, he's fine. 
But why not cast somebody like, you know, Huang Yub or someone yeah. who okay. has that like magnetic that. charisma. But you he really won me did. over. He <laughs> won me over by like middle of the drama. Yes. Like I was like sold. And I, I give kudos to him for that. I like object. I would watch him again. You guys, so clearly, you guys went into this biased against the poor boy. I was yeah, one over in the first Mon episode. Come on, like, he, extraordinary he you. Everyone. It wasn't even because it wasn't even because no, of extraordinary you. Like, I just didn't the, find him convincing in the first two or three episodes. In the first Ultimate. episode, when he comes back from his savior gig for a year, and he comes back to his own house, and it's a posh apartment compared to you know, like this normal like room that he used to stay in when he was doing his volunteer work without any ACs and stuff it's just a court and he comes back to his posh apartment probably a penthouse that that's the kind of vibe and he's all like he's Hello. just done his conference bit about having like learned life lessons and being so grateful for people and then he comes out into his apartment and he's just like my house and he's just like <laughs> crumbling into himself because he's just so happy to be back in his space. I was completely won over. And he did it not like, you know, in like this big gesture. It was like there's just this sudden change in expression and there's this gentle like falling into himself. It was it was perfect. And I was like, okay, I am in. You have convinced me I am in. After that, every time he opened those huge eyes, like freaking beer eyes in headlight in reaction to anything I was like okay I get it there is a weird charisma he's a really weird looking guy but there is charisma in there mm. it, it just works so clearly his fan base in this imaginary world was made up of me and like a billion <laughs> other people like me <laughs> do you know what my confession is that I think all the way through the drama I was rooting for you song the most and yes. I just, but you know, also in the end, I'm not like his romance with Hoyoung. I don't know how I feel about that. That was kind of, I like the idea, but it felt very lukewarm. And then I thought about the discussion that we had when we were watching Romance as a Bonus book about how like, you know, relationships can be different. But I don't know, maybe there was something about their relationship that didn't quite feel romance level to me. Is that just me? Though I love him uh, as a character. I know what you mean, but I actually thought it worked really well for the two of them just because they're such like sweet and pure marshmallows as people. And like, they're kind it, of like Jane like and their Bingley, powers right? combined <laughs> and they just became like this overpowering beacon of golden light. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, they just, just found sweet. them so sweet. And yeah. I found them so sweet together. And like, yes, in episode 15, I was like, oh my God, this is so sugary. I'm about to die. <laughs> but like, I just had so much goodwill towards them yeah. as characters. Mm -hmm. And I think that sort of dynamic between an older Sunbae and a woman that he's like mentored for a long time and who really looks up to him can easily become toxic and disturbing. But they just have so much mutual respect and like value for each other and they like just they just admire each other so much as people and also they're so polite and kind to each other in every interaction that I was just like I'm not worried about these two and yeah. it's that kind of dynamic like some people really enjoy that kind of dynamic and like that's fine for them you know like not everybody wants to be in the same kind of relationship and that's cool like so I I I had no problems with them. I, I, no I agree with Anisa. I, I really like the way they were shown. Initially, I was actually wondering, like, once the confession happens and they get together, is Hoyoung going to start, I don't know, being more feminine in the way she dresses up? Because that's what dramas usually do, right? You suddenly, the girl starts dressing up for their first date and she's in a more feminine garb and then the guy sees her and is even more in love because she's so pretty <laughs> they don't go that direction at all yeah. and she's just like in her short hair and the oversized coats and like what she's just herself and they're both giddy about each right. other they just yeah. like each other so much yeah. Honestly, like the little moments of joy, like when they're in the when they see each other from across the elevator, and then afterwards, just just like about to die from how cute he is. I was like, just kill me now. I'm about to die out from how cute you two are. Yeah, yeah. I think we all need a Yusung. And we we do need to give a shout out to our second lead man, who also found his true love, the lawyer and the 
scandal rag journalist. I just ethics. realized. I just realized he was the he was Lee Jung Shin from CN Blue. <laughs> this yeah, late so in the when game. When I first started watching the drama, I was like, he looks so familiar. And then I looked at what other stuff he's done. And I was like, I haven't seen any of this. And then I was like, oh, CN Blue, of course. Right. <laughs> That's why I know his face. But I even didn't know his face. I literally just looked at it and I was like, I recognize that name. Hold on. What? All this time I've been watching you and I didn't know who you were. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, I really, I really liked him. I really a- liked him. Apparently, Go ahead, Forma. he had a main role in Cinderella and the Four Nights. I watched oh, half did of he? Cinderella and the Four Nights, <laughs> and I can't I tell you which that. character he was. <laughs> For Lee Jung Shin and Park So Jin, who played the lawyer, Lawyer Do and Kip Him, like I think this is like one of those times when their characters really matched up to them as actors, and it just like really worked well. I loved everything about their dynamic. I loved how the like every interaction that they had. I loved them both so much as separate characters. And then when we saw that they might be getting together, I was like shipping them yes. so hard. And then as it developed, I was like, yes, this is the <laughs> best. <laughs> I don't want to spoil particular moments, but like there were so many moments where I was like, this is this is excellent. This is mm. the kind of relationship you want to have. Like, yeah, I love that we got to explore this idea that these two people can be so great and they can try to have something and then it just doesn't work and then you can move on to meeting someone new and then it that can be a better fit for you than the thing that you first thought was the one yeah. for you just like yeah. the thing with dramas is sometimes like the second lead's love for the female lead is kind of like the be all and end all of their existence and that's really like upsetting and frustrating and it's just like it it's an unnecessary emotional burden in the story that you mm. don't always want to carry. You just want right. to be able to root for everyone. Like there's more women to go around. <laughs> that sounds really wrong. <laughs> I don't mean it in that way. As in, there's always more people for you to meet and you know find connection with right. than that one person. Especially in a fictional world where you meet new interesting people all the time. <laughs> right, right. Not like real life where there are, there are no people, <laughs> apparently. At least it um, speaks the truth. But I, I did really like that because like, as you said, Saya, it's given the weight that it deserves, which is he liked her. She didn't like him back. He was kind of upset for a while, but it wasn't like they were... You know, like they had a mutually mm. respectful work relationship. And then he was like, oh, this could be something more because this is an amazing woman. And she is like as a viewer. Also, yeah. like I found her to be an amazing woman. I really. And for a long time, I was like, she's too good for Gong Tae-sung. Like, he needs <laughs> yes. to step up his game. Same. And then he was like, OK, that didn't work out. And like an intelligent, mature adult, he moved on with his life. And then another person came into his life and he was like, wow, this is an amazing woman. And we have a lot of like points where we connect and I think it went more slowly as well which I liked as well because again there's like this whole sometimes life is unexpected and you can just sort of take it as it comes like it's okay to allow life to surprise you and not be predictable the other thing I liked about how he conducted this whole relationship like his confession to Han Byul and then like her rejection, how he dealt with that rejection and all of that is that, you know, sometimes we talk about how stories or in this case dramas kind of can give you templates for how to deal with these situations in your own life. How do you present a confession to somebody that you like them without putting pressure on them, without being toxic towards them? How do you Mm. turn someone down in a way that doesn't disrespect them or hurt their feelings? How can you manage these very emotionally complicated and potentially painful situations in a way that's graceful and respectful and allows you to sort of maintain your own self-respect, but also like allows you to come out of it in a way that doesn't sort of cause permanent damage to anybody. Like, how do we move through these situations in life? And I like the idea that you can look to a drama, you can look to the specific situation. See, in a similar situation, I could do this too. I can use these words. I can manage my own emotions or or govern the way that I approach these things by just, you know... I don't know if I'm saying this right, but like... Borrowing the script a little bit. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I like that a lot. And I think many parts of this drama allows you to sort of use it as a 
kind of practice ground for things in your own life. And I also like the kind of the funny nod that you get again in that the the secondary couple of the drama, the drama within the drama, where they confess to each other using the lines of their drama. <laughs> and like, yeah. they do it more than once. They do it in every, like, they are unable to necessarily, like they're not necessarily able to find those sentiments perfectly expressed in their own vocabulary. So they borrow the vocabulary of their characters. And like, you're allowed mm. to do that. And you can, you know, this is like a perfect sort of model. I, I don't want to say it in like a kind of didactic well, it's way. It's like a shorthand, right? Right. Like, that they both understand. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is why why go around and around in circles when you have the shorthand right there available to you. You have the script. You can just say it. Yeah. (laughs) As long as you don't, you know, I will. I also liked how that mirrored how a lot of people do get together. Mm. They act in a drama together and then they (laughs) get married, you know, with with an added blessing on the way. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I also liked how they handled that, but let, let's yeah. not completely yeah, spoil. Let's right, not right, exactly. spoil that. So I know we said a lot of good things, but I have to return to one point. And then I also, I know, Parma, you also said that there was an additional issue that you want to talk about. For me, like, you know, I, I know that in the beginning when we were talking about, I think when you guys recommended this to me, because you all started, you know, watching it before I did, you said there's this part in the beginning where he goes to Africa for a year and it's really, it's, it is racist because you're using, you know, this imagined monolithic idea of like a whole continent of diverse people as a prop. And and, and then this boy that he, you know, kind of focuses mostly yeah. on. And then completely abandons. Yeah. Mm. And who he tells, I'll be your new dad. And then he and just then disappears. Leaves. I don't care if you write him <laughs> letters. Like, what? what is that? That's so messed up. And. And and you're using that kid as a prop for your own for that main lead's character development, which mm. is really gross and icky to me. Mm. And I know that we were like, oh well, after episode one, they don't talk about it. No, no, they do. But my problem is he re- continues to return, to, like the the writers continue to return to that, and it ends up playing a role even at the end of the show. Like it comes up. I'm just going to go into spoilers. Yes, please do. You know, like when he's having that whole scandal with his birth mother, you know, and how like everyone thinks that he's having an affair with her. And then people are like, oh, and when he went to Africa, there was this kid there (laughs) and he called him Papa. So maybe he's actually his kid. And then there's all this. Can a Korean have a black child? Yeah, that was just. Yeah, it was so. No, also. And like my mind kind of like exploded with that line of reasoning. How can a Korean man have a black child? Do you not understand how genetics work? That I mean, you can. But also, he clearly wasn't his child. Like it was the it was the (laughs) evil like. Did I see boss who was yeah. saying that? So like, it's not presented as something good that you should say, but at the same time, like, why did they even have to bring that line in yeah. to the drama? You know, like they still said it, they still put it in the script. So, yeah, I, I, and then at the end, you have him receiving a package from this kid who has the same name as his dead friend. So the kid doesn't even have his own independent relationship. I thought that he no, named I, him No, I don't think he named oh, him okay. that. He was just no, no, like... He was already that was the, named. That was the that. reason he became close to the kid in the uh. first place is because he had the same name as his dead friend's mm. christening name. And so... And then he's like, oh, I think Yonu sent him to me. Oh, okay. And I'm like... I, don't, I didn't what? pay attention like, to this then. In what world do you think this is okay? Like, the, the poor... like. Like, A, like, even if all they had done was been like, I'm going to go volunteer in Africa because it's my dream, that still would have been racist because Africa is a beautiful continent full of many, many countries. They have technology. They are advanced. They, they have are, you cities know, like, with yeah, running but water. Like, no, but you have to you have to continue to, like, yeah. you know, reinforce the stereotype of, like, it's just all villages and they need people from outside to come and save them, which, like, it's just, they it just makes me so angry. But even if... Water. Before right. Gongkasang got there. I <laughs> mean, okay, there, like in every place, there are parts of every continent that are, you know, economically depressed and, and especially like sure, and rural like 10 areas. 10 kilometers from my city, you would have places that really requires a well right now. I should probably leave the city, go there and start digging for the well. But I'm, I'm hardly going to get like white savior, like crowning if I do that because I'm an Indian helping you know, a village in India. Well, that's but... the thing, right? It's it's about this whole concept of like 
it's really self-interested to do something like this. If you, if you, if they really wanted to have, you know, a character who had that as part of their arc, they could easily have sent him to the Korean countryside. Absolutely. Because there are lots of poor areas in the Korean countryside. And, but that wouldn't have, you know, come with all of the gross implications that you get when somebody is quote unquote going or to Africa. Any anyway. other East Asian country. But if you did that, you would lose the East Asian audience from that country and you would probably like be banned from airing in that country. Well, that's the thing, right? It's that like out of all the different kinds of racism, anti-black racism has the least consequences, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's really, it's it's really terrible, but that's what it is. But then the fact that they so what I'm saying is like even just doing that in the beginning would have been bad. And like you said earlier, Barma, if somebody didn't want to watch this show for that reason, it's completely justified. I also like dropped this and picked it back up. I was like, do I really want? But the fact that they came back with it and like continued it as a through line and it was like so tied up with his dead friend. And then it was like, oh, it was like another way of sort of, it was like an emotional I don't even know how to say this, but like it was a like that kid and that journey and everything that he did there just became like a way for him to get over the fact that his friend died and that he was sad about his friend dying. And it was like a replacement for what he lost when his friend died. Like I just everything about it felt gross to me. And I really that left a bad taste in my mouth. That was the one thing about the drama that really left a bad taste in my mouth. And I I'm just disappointed by that i do have and to I, say that sorry finish your sentence no no that's it i'm yeah i don't know how to end that other than just like ugh. yeah i feel like because like sort of in my pre pre k-drama life that is how i went through tv all the time because you know when you watch english language stuff and this would be more in relation to sort of muslims representation and asian representation that everything I watched had some really gross element in it. And if I were to try to avoid that, I would have stopped watching TV. And I mean, Mm. in the end, I did. I stopped watching English TV because I found the alternative. But I think also that that was such an ingrained sort of viewing habit, like literally from childhood, that as I was watching it in this show... I just compartmentalized those gross bits. And I was like, yeah, Mm. that happened. Let's pretend that. Let's just excise it from our memory and enjoy the drama. And I just want to explain, like, this is, it's not because I think those things are okay or because I enjoyed them or I think they're excusable because I never think they're excusable. Yeah. It's just that sometimes you can fall into that habit of being like, you know what, I will just compartmentalize and carry on. And I know, well, you know, everyone deals with this in their own way. So I right. also and, fully and respect it's... not being able to carry on watching that drama. That's how I felt about Backstreet Rookie. So I've been trying to figure out, like, why did I find Backstreet Rookie unforgivably egregious? And why did I move on from this one? And I don't know what the reason is, but this one I was, that one I wasn't. Well, it's yeah. And I I agree. Like there is that habit of compartmentalizing. And it's also like it's not really a black and white thing. Right. Like every every drama, most dramas have some things that we don't like or that we don't approve of or that make us uncomfortable because in the end, like these are products made for entertainment and Mm -hmm. they come with a a lot of the, you know, whatever biases of people that are making them. And we don't really have control over We're not we're not able to like will the exact show that we want to be made into the world, unfortunately, (laughs) not yet. So and I don't know, like it is it's very like individual, like who which dramas we decide to to continue to keep watching. My thing is, if I do keep watching it, if I talk about it, then I just feel like you have to Mm -hmm. also bring up what what harmful things it's doing and acknowledge and call it out, especially if the drama itself doesn't acknowledge it. Yes. But I want to get to I want to get to what form I wanted to bring up. Go on. So the thing that I want to talk about is that there is a scene early, I think in the first or second episode between Gongtasang and Ohan Byul. At this point, we don't actually know what their relationship is. All we know is that Gongtasang is this powerful star and Ohan Byul, who's the team manager, like the PR team manager, the head of the PR team during the current time period when we are watching the drama, 
But when the scene happens, this is a flashback to a period where she was just a team rookie. She was relatively newbie, a related, relatively a newbie, and she had made a mistake. And the mistake had just embarrassed Kongtisang. It was like a typo. And he ran to the agency and chased her down, like, and chased her down all the way to like the bathroom. They had like this whole chase sequence where she's yelling and he's yelling and everybody's oh, like chasing I after. Forgot we talked about, about that. we did talk about this. Thing. And once, like, she Ohanbyu gets into one of the cubicles. She shuts the cubicle and he's outside. He's yelling at her to come out. And this entire scene, the way it looks to us, the audience, because. We know nothing about their relationship except that it's antagonistic. Like the first episode basically just establishes that they are like not enemies exactly, but frenemies maybe. They don't quite like each other. They seem to be competitors of sorts. We don't know anything about their history, how close they have been, what they have gone through together. We know none of those things because the show actually does a pretty decent job of like not dumping exposition, but that works against this scene it looks like a straight episode when you don't know anything about it right exactly so, mm. without excusing the scene i the the way my mind worked when i was watching the scene was like this is a this is workplace harassment mm. you're chasing down a small rookie team member of your agency and she's clearly like scared out of her mind to like to face you to confront you because she made that mistake but it's not really her responsibility if you should be yelling at anybody because you were publicly embarrassed. It should be the head of your agency or your manager. Why are you hounding down this one small team member into the bathroom? And then he does something much, much worse. The first thing that he does is he nearly leaps into the, like over the stall, into the bathroom. Now, clearly she didn't go in there to like use the bathroom. So I suppose it's not exactly how like a peeping Tom situation would work. But the fact that Korea has seen so much recent exposure of like so many hidden camera instances and people harassing women in public bathrooms. There have been so many dramas who have put these scenes in there, including Business Proposal recently. It just seemed like a very... I don't know, uh, 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 what do you call it? An off-tone, like a deaf... Tone deaf. Tone deaf. Tone deaf. Yeah. A very tone yeah. deaf scene to put in. And then the worst thing happens. She has, she is like, she comes out trembling from the bathroom and he's again yelling at her and cornering her and she's practically collapsing in fear. And then he's like, because the entire, the, the mistake that had been made basically made some other reporter report that, he, basically that he's a eunuch. And he's like, do you want to see if I still have my like intact genitals, I suppose? And he starts like taking his pant off when like the rest of the team come in and stop him. The explanation that we get much later is that he, like the entire nation read that, but in his, in Gongtasan's mind, only Ohan Buell read it. Like only her reaction matters. And for some reason, it became a huge thing in his head. And he just focused on her thinking this to my mind that's not a anywhere near and a good enough excuse for that entire scenario that 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 was created so the agency head at some point said he had ptsd from that situation like <laughs> ohan buell years what? later yeah he, he said that ohan buell years later was still like waking up from nightmares where he's nearly taking his pant off so clearly she has ptsd too and then they also have a scene where Gongtasang is basically telling the agency head, don't fire her, because apparently that came up. She was harassed in the workplace by one of your clients because of a small mistake she made, which was made huge by a reporter outside. Why would she be fired to begin with? If anything, she should be given, like, I don't know, compensation for the trauma she went through. It was just such a bad scene. Yeah. yeah, there was a long gap in between when I watched like the first couple of episodes and then when I went back to it. So I'd actually forgotten about that until you brought it back up. That's because the rest of the show doesn't have this tone, this this yeah. bizarre. But it was so bad, so bad. Thank you for bringing that up. I had completely forgotten about that, which is just like, I can't believe I that I actually did. But also, I think it's because the racism issue 
was discussed so much online that it's you're not likely to forget that if you think about shooting star you are going to remember that scene however this bathroom scene didn't actually get brought up much after like an initial also, well it's like also the drama just kind of moves on from it right like the drama doesn't move on from the racism it continues to keep doing it yeah Sure, absolutely. But, the, but, you know, like this scene, yeah, like six years later, she's still waking up from a nightmare where he's about to take his pants off and then like never gets mentioned again. And this is also why, like, I really didn't like him for a long time. I, I even though like that, I kind of put that whatever that happened, like it kind of forgot about it. But like it took me a really long time to warm up to him just because that's a bad initial impression of him. Yeah. But you're right. Like, it's just such an unnecessary... Like, why? Why put that in there? I nearly dropped it after that episode. It was the first episode, wasn't it? And I was like, hmm. I think it was, I think it was episode two. Second, yeah, so, the second yeah. one, I think. And it was episode two. I know a lot of people dropped the drama after that because it was a really egregious scene. Like, why yeah. put it in? And again, it doesn't... It's not actually character consistent in that these two, like... Gong Tae-sang especially, by the end of the drama, it's not like he goes through like an entire character overhaul. He doesn't really. The only actual arc that he has is that towards the end, he, he like, instead of just subconsciously loving and liking Ohan Byul, he, he has material knowledge of, like, everything she does and a new appreciation for her and works harder to meet her somewhere in between. He also has an extreme amount of patience for her, what do you call it? Like not borders, what's her boundaries, boundaries that she yeah, establishes. Yeah. She doesn't want her workplace to know. He tries his best not to let the workplace know, even though they both fail spectacularly. But the point is that he really respects her boundaries throughout the show. But somehow in that in that one, like, what, what, why, 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 what, why? I just yeah. don't, yeah, I just <laughs> want to, I just, I guess I wanted to get my spleen out. <laughs> Should we have done this part at the beginning rather than at the end? We Or is it worth ending this this way rather than? You know, I don't, I don't think it really matters because it, mm. it like, we want, after this, it would have been really hard for me to say a ton of great stuff about also this true. drama. Also true. I'm just way too worked up right now. <laughs> so it's a, it's a good thing we focused on the good stuff at yeah. first. Yeah. I mean, when, this, yeah. when the show started, you and I actually had this whole conversation. And then what made us decide to go back to it after that? I'm not sure. Maybe for just me, compulsion. It was fact, so it was not that. For me to stop watching a drama, the... The, the the writing, the direction, I would have to be really bored or like just not interested in the the creative flow of the show. For I don't usually stop watching because of a moral objection. Because I have I generally have moral objections. For give me a drama. I'll give you my moral objection for that drama. It's really hard to find not just a Korean drama, give me an American drama, I'll find mm-hmm. you an, a moral objection I have there. So I don't even try to like justify that at this point anymore. I watched it because I like the characters. I love the I, I love. Oh, the and you love Lee Sung Kyung as well, right? I, I forgot about how much you love her. Lee Sung Kyung wasn't my like biggest draw there. It was like, I haven't, for, for a very long time I've wanted to, but haven't seen, like I suppose producers tried to do something like this and there were a few other dramas, but they glorified the job of like managing stars. And it was usually about the managers and the directors of the agencies. Whereas this one was about like the small people doing the mm. small jobs and managing the yes. star. And I just really loved the concept so much. I was willing to give it a lot of like, line to hang themselves with i'm pretty sure i messed up right. my metaphor yeah. but no yeah. but i i agree with you it was <laughs> it was the it was everything else was that's what's so weird about the show like the bad stuff is really bad <laughs> but the good stuff is really really good so it's it's a strange mix yeah. i do want to let's end on a positive note yeah yeah sure Jung Yoli. Oh, oh, my god. Oh, oh my god i loved him I so hate much his Best hair i love his man. character oh my god <laughs> even with that head what an adorable smile Best wingman oh my god it just yeah oh. also, and like the though, way they're always calling him Yeonjung Yoli. Yeah. He's like, Yeonjung Yoli. Yoli. And 
and the way he messed up in the first like few weeks or months of his job as as Gongtasan's manager was just the best. But like his, he's like this. W- Washing his trousers out in public, and oh my god, this was this like incredibly endearing mix of extremely competent and completely incompetent. That is like, <laughs> and like, and then he's like so entirely good natured yeah. and kind of oblivious that it just, it's just so good. Like the whole, like the whole thing with him being an ambulance, like a yeah. former paramedic, and how he like saves somebody's life, like <laughs> no big deal. But then also like he can't figure out that like he shouldn't wash Gong Tae-sung's underwear in public. Like, <laughs> And like the way like Taesung sort of is actually awed by him at points and pretends he's not. And he's yeah. like he's like Byung Yuli's biggest fan. But totally right, but, pretending but he's not. too cool to actually show yeah. it like you know, openly. But then Jung Yuli gets his number. He's like, Okay, I, I know who you are. Yeah, You're actually bros. a marshmallow. That's, that's so it's funny. nice. Yeah. yeah. And then him like awkwardly trying to give them privacy in the in the most cringy way possible <laughs> once they get together. And also him yes. being the one with all of the relationship experience and girls oh confessing to him all the time. You're like, <laughs> Yeah. You're good. <laughs> yeah, he was like, how do you confess to someone? Jung Yo's like, just casually like, well, I wouldn't know because I'm always the one that gets confessed to. And you're just like, whoa. <laughs> and like, you know, your top star is like, guys got more game than I've ever had or will have. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was good. Uh, yeah. And this is why we watched this drama. This yeah. is why like we watched yes. it till the end. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Okay. I think we got all our feelings about shooting stars <laughs> yes. even though we failed you know, our timer I, I think it was like the the censored title was actually pretty accurate in the sense yeah. of like there was some of that poop in there yeah but it was also full of stars that's that's <laughs> a tortured poop. metaphor but <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay well then well thanks for listening and where can you find us <laughs> I have so much cat hair in my mouth <laughs> okay, so poor Ma's not doing okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> so where can people find us, Saya? People can find us on Twitter at Dramas Overflow. They can find me, Saya, at Not Now Saya. And you can find me at Anissa Khalifa underscore. And you can find me, Porma at Festo Fasta. You can also find Dramas Overflowers on Instagram at dramasoverflowers underscore. And our email is dramasoverflowers at gmail.com. Send us an email now. Start typing. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook. Just search for Dramas Over Flowers. And our blog is dramasoverflowers.net. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter where you can hear all about our new episodes and whatever else we've got going on on the blog. And if we have any events or fun stuff coming up, we'll let you know. That's right. Yes. Dramas Over Flowers is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts <laughs> with dogs in the... No, no. Hold on. <laughs> Find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Okay. And that's a wrap. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Bye, everyone. That's a wrap. Bye.